This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany. What'd you sing? La Cucura. La Cucura. Cucura. It's Cinco de Mayo. Well, I mean, while we're recording. Yeah. Recording day is Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) Hi. Hello. Hola. Hola. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That was great. That Mm -hmm. that, that went very smoothly. Super smooth. I like our intro. That was cute. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome all. Welcome to the shit show once again. Mm-hmm. Glad you returned. It is episode 90. 90. That's a nice round number. I like that. I know. I do like that number. We're 10 away from 100, though. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Nursing home age. We oh. nursing home age now. Yeah. I, yeah. I was about Somebody's saying. wiping our ass at this point. Hey, please. I'm tired <laughs> of doing it. I'm tired of doing it, but they better do it right. Mm-hmm. Do it the way I would do it. Okay, we're not going to get into this. No, we're not. Not no, no. That's I'm stopping it right there. I, I was not in, intending for that to go any further at all. Hi, other people. Hi. <laughs> so it's Hump Day. Yeah, yeah. That was cute. Okay. I got us some Hump Day treats. Yeah, she did. Yeah, it did. Okay, so since it is Cinco de Mayo, mm-hmm. I was like, well, we need some margaritas. Of course. And we haven't done daiquiris in a while, so I decided to go to good old Daiquiri Express right down the road. Yep. And I was going to get us some top shelf margaritas, okay, which would probably have been super delish. But as she was pouring the shot in the cup, I was like, wait, what is what is... I saw a picture up on the menu board, and it kind of went, ah. uh, <laughs> it was for a purple margarita. And so we need that. So I asked her, what's in your purple margarita? And she's like, well, we mix it with our regular margarita mix, plus raspberry liqueur and blue corsal. So I'm like, yes, two of those sold. Wrap it up. Take it home. Yum. With a big pretty bow. So that's what I had got. And then I came home and made some nachos. And they're delish. Yeah, like I actually did something. <laughs> <laughs> she, Susie, homemakered this shit. I don't cook, you guys. <laughs> I mean, I, I can. I just don't. She can cook like three things. Maybe four. Pretty good. All right. Five. 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 I can cook a badass salmon. I don't I just eat haven't, salmon. I just haven't done it in a long time, but it's really, really good. Anyways, so that's our hump day treat. And oh, wait, on the nachos, mm-hmm. there's Colby Jack cheese, and I used shredded like Philly cheesesteak beef. Comes in little packages. It's super convenient. I took a picture of the box. I got it from Walmart. It's really good. It's great value. Mm-hmm. It's real good. It's delish. And then I threw some avocados and more cheese. So because we like the cheese, and there is. N- not really a chip that doesn't have anything on it. I try to really like get in there in, in all the crevices and stuff. Get down on it. Mm, mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so happy humping. Happy humping. Go to the socials so you can see pictures of the deliciousness. And it's such a pretty purple. It's like a lavender purple. Mm hmm. It does start to turn blue after a while. Yeah, it 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 got a little blue, but it's still pretty. It didn't make me blue. <laughs> that was so cheesy. I love that it. was cheesy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, go to the socials, look at the pictures of the hump day treat, and um, all the uh, photos of the cases yeah, case we're going picks. to be talking about. Trivia, trivia, <laughs> it's trivia. Oh my god. <laughs> We're keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh shenanigans and shit. All that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. 
So this week's episode, yes. since it's coming to you the Wednesday before Mother's Day, yeah. the topic was baby mama drama. Yes. <laughs> and boy, is there some drama. So much drama. I'm so excited. Ooh. The photos are open. Hold on. Let me get out of that. Let me mm-hmm. let me open up your case. So I'm not. Yes. Yes. Don't get distracted. I, I got distracted. We don't have time for that. Okay. So I chose one that's not so murdery. I know. I'm super excited about this. Good job. Yeah. Well known, mm-hmm. but details may not be well known. Yeah. I don't know the details. <laughs> Trigger warning for domestic abuse. Oh, yeah. My case is on Eminem and Kim Scott. I'm so excited. Me too. That's a good one, y'all. Yeah. And just just so you know. Okay. I cut out, like, we're not going to talk about, we're not talking about his career. So it's not, if you're here for music facts, you've come to the wrong place. Um, it's not what we do here. No. So uh, I left in the... The bits that pertain to their relationship, and that's that. I think you're okay. We we're, we we should everybody should know at least a little bit. Yeah. So you're good. So here we go. Okay. Eminem's rise to rap god status wouldn't have been complete without his infamous rocky on again off again relationship with his high school sweetheart Kimberly Ann Scott. Yeah. The two went back and forth, each with their fair share of not-so-nice words in the late 90s and 2000s. So, a little bit about his past. Okay. Eminem's parents married when his mother was just 15 years old. Woo! Uh, she says, we used to hang out at Jonas's coffee house listening to music. Ooh. I would watch adoringly as Bruce pounded pencils on the table, pretending to be a drummer. <laughs> he was into heavy metal music, and he let his hair flow free as he worked his way into a drumming frenzy. Oh, my God. <laughs> All I can picture is like a music video with the, with the wind blowing, <laughs> with the wind blowing his through his hair. <laughs> 80s style, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Eventually, the relationship turned sour after Bruce became abusive and began drinking heavily. Ow. Only months after their son Marshall was born in St. Joseph, Missouri, she filed for divorce from Bruce. His childhood was as turbulent as you would expect. Mm-hmm. His family would move constantly, and his mother had a hard time holding down a job. So I have a picture of young Marshall Mathers and his mother. Oh, my God. It's on. It says, Emma, Mom. That is so cute. He is adorable. Look. <laughs> oh God. I've never seen a childhood picture. Yes, I have, but not like this. I've seen like baby photos of him. But it's I'm so incredibly 70s. I love it. I love her outfit. The hairdo. Both all the hairdos. Oh, my I'm God. Here for all of it. Yeah. But it's like an Olin Mills portrait, if y'all know what that is. Like oh, it's probably Sears like Sears. Portrait studio. Like, yeah. Definitely. it's a good one he attended multiple schools per year and this sense of being an outsider would impact Eminem's personality sure he had no close friends and was bullied almost constantly once getting severely hurt by a boy named D'Angelo Bailey he would later name him in the song brain damage (gasps) damn okay yeah Marshall Mathers and Kimberly Scott's relationship can be traced all the way back to their teenage years in the 1980s. Good Lord. Young Marshall, who was only 15, met 13-year-old Kim at a youth home when he was rapping to LL Cool J's I'm Bad on the table, shirtless. Ooh, play a clip. <laughs> I didn't look for one of those. Steven. Sorry, Sorry friend. <laughs> um, here's a quote from uh, his mom. Marshall arrived home from school with a tall, sulky, blonde girl. Um, His mom, whose name is Deborah Nelson, wrote that in her memoir, My Son Marshall, My Son Eminem. So um, part of me wants to read the book and part of me doesn't want to support her. But that's why I was quiet. I was like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) but you'll get some of it here. So, okay, okay. He introduced her as Kim Scott and said she needed a place to stay. I was happy to help out. So according to Debbie, Kim wasn't communicative and tension existed between the two from the very beginning. 
Hmm. Well, she was a 13-year-old I girl, mean, so of course <laughs> she's not going to try to buddy-buddy with you, ma'am. Yeah. Good grief. Debbie believed Kim was 15 when they met. Oh. She didn't realize she was only 13. Once she found out that Kim was 13, she actively discouraged Kim from getting together with her son. Yeah. Debbie wrote, I always made sure she was tucked up on the couch outside my bedroom door every night. I did not want her sneaking upstairs to Marshall. Despite Debbie's disapproval, Eminem and Kim maintained a relationship. So I have a picture of a young Eminem and Kim. I don't know how old they were, but they look pretty young. Very. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Oh, with her barbed wire tattoo. I know. Good God. And the spaghetti straps. That was such a thing for a while. It was. Why? I mean, it was comfortable. (laughs) I, that I, was just too I, much arm for me to yeah, have. Exactly. Just like That's chilling. why. I wore it around the house. Same. Or yeah. underneath one of my uh, button down plaid shirts. Oh, well, yeah. Because the yeah. layered look. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As things progressed, Eminem dropped out of high school and his mother asked them to leave. The couple lived in poverty, as Kim told Rolling Stone, quote, the neighborhoods we lived in fucking sucked, end quote. Nice. K. <laughs> All right. Not long after they welcomed their only biological daughter, Haley, on Christmas Day of 1995, life became a rocky ride for the couple. So I have another picture that um, has Eminem and his daughter, and then there's another little side picture of him and Kim again. Oh my gosh, Haley's so cute. I know. Haley Jade. Haley Jade, I love that name. <laughs> <laughs> it is a really cool name. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kim and Eminem look cute together, but yeah. I don't like her. I just can't let uh, The feelings. The, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Eminem struggled with making ends meet to the point where he even contemplated suicide. Briefly, they moved back in with Eminem's mom, but he claims, my mother did a lot of dope and shit, a lot of pills, so she had mood swings. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Though Debbie denies any drug use, the couple moved out of the house. Kim and Haley then lived with her parents, and Eminem lived with friends. At one point, according to the rapper himself, Kim stopped Eminem from seeing his daughter. Frustrated, Em went to the studio to record 97 Bonnie and Clyde. Great song. Mm-hmm. That's where that's where the drama comes in. That's where that's the beginning of the real drama. <laughs> Eminem's rap career took off with the release of the Slim Shady LP in February 1999 under Aftermath Entertainment and Interscope Records. The album features songs where Eminem fantasizes about killing Kim. Yep. The song 97 Bonnie and Clyde made an impression for its graphic imagery. Mm-hmm. According to Lynn Hunt, who worked with Eminem at a restaurant called Gilbert's, quote, I told him it was morbid killing your baby's mother. He told me, yeah, but it will get me somewhere someday, end quote. No, I mean, it, it was a horrible topic, but it was. Oh, yeah. It was well written. <laughs> I know that sounds so bad. but Okay. <laughs> It's a horrible, I mean, when it all boils down to it, it's a horrible fucking song. A lot of his songs are horrible fucking songs. Right. But they're so good. But, yeah. I can't explain it. He's saying things that nobody else would dare to say. Mm -hmm. He's saying things that sometimes people, when they're in emotional turmoil, think inside their heads, but they don't say out loud. Right. So, like, I mean, I dug it. I listened to all his shit. I mean, it made people feel a little bit less normal knowing it that somebody else was, you made know. them feel more normal. Is that, what I, was, there is are, that what I was trying yeah. to say? I think that there was were other people that felt the way they felt. <laughs> I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah, that. Because they knew they weren't alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, recorded from 1997 to 1998, the Slim Shady LP was Eminem's breakout album, debuting at number two on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart. Damn. On the record, the song 97 Bonnie and Clyde, and as this character Slim Shady, Eminem raps to his daughter about drowning her mother in a lake. So, here's some of the lyrics. Yeah. Baby, don't cry, honey. Don't get the wrong idea. Mom is too sweepy to hear you screaming in her ear. That's why you can't get her to wake, but don't worry. Dada made a nice bed for mommy at the bottom of the lake. <laughs> so, so bad, there's your preview for that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Eminem and Kim were married after that song came out. Yeah, I mean, it obviously <laughs> didn't affect her. So. On June 14th, 1999, just before the rapper's first major tour, I have a picture of their first wedding. It says wedding one. <laughs> wedding one. <laughs> More on that later. Uh-huh. It was classy as fuck. Dude. The only positive thing I have to say okay. is those flowers are really pretty. The flowers are really pretty. And she's got really some pretty. great cleavage going on. That's not wedding day cleavage. I know. That's club cleavage. Well, I mean. The bar bar tattoo just classes that oh my shit God, I just, I know that Ma'am, was the thing. You're I not know, Pam Anderson. Calm but down. <laughs> Calm down. I mean, she does. She was trying, though. Yeah, she was. Kim recalls the effects the tour had on their marriage. She says in an interview, when Marshall's first tour started is when his ego just went poof, like he was God. That's what he thought. I was just told that I should be grateful that he still talks to me. You know how many women throw themselves at him? And I just pretty much felt like a piece of crap, end quote. Yeah, that's not very comforting to hear. No, that's so sad. I mean, I feel for her. I do. Like, they both were shitty to each other. They're both shitty fucking people. But that's a hard thing to go through. Uh huh. Knowing each other for that long, going through all the things they already went through, and now having to deal with him getting famous and Mm -hmm. females being all over him. And, well, the sad thing is, is, Publicly humiliating her is what made him famous. Yeah. It's like, it's so toxic. It's so fucked up. Very much so. Yeah. Over the years, Eminem's relationship with his mother would become more and more strained while his musical career flourished. In 1999, Debbie sued her son for $10 million. Yeah. Claiming that in interviews, he had slandered her name, implying she supplied him with drugs as a child. In the end, she received $25,000, $23,354 of which she had to pay to her lawyer. That's fucked up. Yeah. But she'd never regained the trust of her son. So I have a picture of them together. Assuming before all that happened, but neither one of them looks happy to be standing there with the other. That's on... Is that on his wedding day? He's wearing the same outfit. It might have been, yeah. Okay. But neither one of them looks happy to be with each Not other. one yeah. bit. Mm. And that hair. Uh, it's orange. <laughs> oh, my cow. Oh, I'm just thinking of the style. I mean, the styles. It's, Late it's, 80s, early 90s. She kept it style. for a while. Yeah. Like, I feel like she should have a cigarette hanging out of her mouth. You know that Mel and, Gibson and, meme that's like 90s moms on Christmas morning? Yeah. That's where we're at with this. That, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she may have put it down for the photo. Oh, yeah. You know. To make it more classy. Right. Wedding day. <laughs> Eminem made things worse in his relationship by adding the high-pitched, full-of-anger Kim to his sophomore album, mm-hmm. The Marshall Mathers LP. The song tells the events leading up to 97 Bonnie and Clyde, where she and the rapper find themselves in a nasty argument full of anger and intensity. Yeah. The Marshall Mathers LP became the fastest-selling solo studio album in U.S. history. Yeah. As the rapper writes in his autobiography, Angry Blonde, I think I'll read that one. Yeah. Kim. Okay. Yeah. Kim was written during one of the times when he and Kim were not in a relationship. Right. M went to the studio and did the vocal for Kim in only one take. (laughs) In the song, Eminem explains how he murdered Kim before disposing of her body in a lake with their daughter, Haley. In the song, Eminem raps, Don't you get it, bitch? No one can hear you. Now shut the fuck up and get what's coming to you. You were supposed to love me. Throughout the song, Mm. Eminem facilitates between wanting to kill Kim and needing her in his life. He's so torn. I know. It's so toxic. It's also toxic. He's a tortured artist. Oh, yeah. Oh, (laughs) baby. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, Margarita's good. It is really good. This is dangerous. Mm -hmm. In July 2000, Kim was in the audience for one of Eminem's concerts where he performed Kim. 
During the performance, he hit a blow-up doll that resembled her. Kim went home after the show and attempted to take her life. She recalled, quote, seeing the crowd's response and everybody cheering, singing the words and laughing, and it just felt like everyone was staring at me. I knew that it was all about me. Uh, I cannot imagine. I feel for her so much mm-hmm. in that yeah. And I guess I, I didn't include it, but I read in one of the articles that she had asked him before that show not to perform that song because she was going to be there. And he did it. And he did anyway. Yeah. Mm. In the summer of 2000, Eminem claimed he caught Kim kissing another man. He was a bouncer named John Guerra. Yeah. He hit Guerra with an unloaded gun, which led to assault charges. Whoops. Eminem pled guilty, receiving a sentence of two years probation. Kim denied that she cheated on her husband in a letter to the Detroit Free Press. Quote, my husband came up to the Hot Rocks to check up on me. Why is still unknown to me? Because if I was to cheat on him, it wouldn't be in a neighborhood bar where he knows I am. Duh. Come on now. (laughs) Had he asked any questions before he flew off the handle, he would have realized that everyone with me were only friends. The fact that he just jumped to conclusions has gotten him and myself in trouble. I would also like to state, since my husband has no problem trying to make me look like an unfaithful wife, that every time I find a picture of him with other women or reading magazines that he's involved with groupies, I don't go and show up where he is making a huge scene and getting our faces put all over the TV and papers. I have always taken his word on things and stood by his side, end quote. Well, I mean, because really, what else can you do? Because the tabloids are going to make shit up. They're going to twist it the way they want to mm-hmm. twist it, no matter what your reaction is, sadly. Exactly. Mm. Eminem reportedly requested a divorce after Kim's suicide attempt, and she responded by suing him for emotional distress over the aggressive songs he wrote about her. The lawsuit was settled, and the couple continued to live together. <laughs> A short time later, Kim requested a divorce, and they split, maintaining joint custody of their five-year-old daughter, Haley. Eminem retained ownership of their $450,000 home, and Kim got $475,000 to purchase her own house. That sounds like a good deal. Yeah. Eminem's attorney said, It's always been Marshall's desire that whatever happened would happen in the best interest of the child. Kim admitted that Marshall was a good father to Haley. Quote, I believe that Marshall has issues on how to express his love, and I don't think he knows how to treat women because he wasn't treated well by his mother. Mm-hmm. He still had a lot of anger towards her, end quote. Mommy issues. Mm-hmm. In the years following the couple's 1999 to 2001 troubles in their relationship and with the law, Eminem went on to release two more albums, including the 2002 record The Eminem Show, which went 10 times platinum, selling yeah. 11.6 million copies to date. Shit. However, despite everything, the two were just the right amount of match made in heaven that they always tried to find a way back. (laughs) In 2006, Eminem remarried Kim in a private ceremony at Meadowbrook Hall in Rochester, Michigan. So here's a picture of the second wedding. Wedding number two. (laughs) Wedding two. Oh, my God, I forgot she went brunette. She went brunette. I forgot. <laughs> but, you know, I kind of like it better. I do, too. I, I really, think she looks prettier. I I like it. It looks more natural. She looks completely different. Mm-hmm. I had to, like, keep double-checking and making sure that was Yeah, like, right. is that really her? Yeah, but it is. And, really, that's what their daughter looks like now. Mm-hmm. Is a lot like how she looks in that picture. Oh, yeah, she's, she's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Both um, of them. Yeah. Unfortunately, this marriage only lasted for three months as M succumbed to his personal demons. Yeah. In the same year, Eminem's fellow member of D12, love D12, love, and longtime best friend Proof was killed after a pool game gone wrong, making it one of the worst years of the rap star's life. The split was finalized in December 2006. The presiding judge noted the couple conducted themselves with dignity and respect in the courtroom. Kim and Eminem had also adopted Kim's niece, Elena, and were raising her along with their daughter, Haley. Yeah. A rumor in 2010 came out that Eminem and Kim tied the knot again, but the two quickly shut down the speculation. (laughs) Kim says, we're really close friends. We're just trying to raise our kids together and make it as normal for them as possible. She revealed that she had maintained a good relationship with Marshall. 
Good job on co-parenting, guys. Yes. Way they finally to be figured it out. Grown-ups. Way to be grown-ups. Yeah. Good job. In October 2015, in a suburb of Detroit, Kim was arrested after her Escalade was found upside down in a ditch, having struck a utility pole. Kim was found to be intoxicated, but little of the incident was reported at the time. It wasn't until Kim spoke about the incident on Mojo in the Morning, (laughs) a a local Detroit radio show, that the media took interest. As it turns out, the crash was not an accident, but instead a second suicide attempt for Kim. Mm. So here's what she said on the radio show. I did this on purpose, and I'm so sorry. I never lied to first responders. I told them everything that I did. I said that I was sorry and that it was intentional, and I didn't expect to make it out alive. I sat at the end of a road where I knew no one else but myself would get hurt. Yes, I drank, I took pills, and I aimed for a pole. Oh, fuck. That's dark. Oh, poor baby. In January of 2016, Kim's twin sister, Dawn, was found in the Motor City trailer park, dead of an apparent heroin overdose. Mm. Dawn had been homeless since 2014, and according to an interview she did with Radar Online, she had asked Eminem and Kim for help several times. This is what she said on, on Radar. Okay. I have a millionaire brother-in-law and a sister with money up the ass, but they're refusing to give me any help. It's a betrayal. He's been part of our family since he was 15. Despite the rift and public name-calling, Kim wrote a touching tribute to her twin sister, writing, I kept a light lit for her, hoping she'd find her way back to me. I miss her and love her more than anything I could ever say. I wish she was here so I could hug her and tell her I love her. So Dawn was the biological mother of Elena, who Eminem adopted in the 2000s. Okay. That makes Mm -hmm. sense now. Yeah. And it's so hard when you love somebody with an addiction to be able to help them. Because you don't want to just be like, be facilitating things for them. Right. Yeah. That's so messy. That, that, that's a, a messy boundary mm-hmm. right there. So I I get it. That's hard. And it she could have been exaggerating also. She could have it, yeah. not wanted help. Right. Because you tend to, when you have addiction issues, you tend to blame others for the situation you're in. It's so yeah. sad. It's so sad. All Yeah. It's, mm. But during that time, Kim said that he's been real supportive, noting that Marshall was one of the few people who actually supported her during this dark time of her life. By 2017, Eminem and Kim's relationship was no longer a controversial subject as the rapper buried the hatchet with the song Bad Husband from the critically panned revival album. That was different. (laughs) So some of the lyrics of that are, but I'm sorry, Kim, more than you could ever comprehend. Leaving you was fucking harder than sawing off a fucking body limb. That's so sweet. It's so sweet and fucked up. (laughs) After years of personal struggle, Kim has gotten herself clean and established herself as a writer of kid books. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, thank you, please. <laughs> you know, they might be pretty good. But, I, I don't but hold up. Hold up. Hold okay. Up. Okay. Some of the titles she's written are mommy. There's a snot man standing next to you. I'm sorry. What? Uh-huh. And okay. here's the other one. This is supposedly a kid's book. Okay. Okay. <laughs> kids in context. The Sociological Study of Children and Childhoods. Um, First off, that's not a kid's book. That That would be a book about childhood. And second off, who in their right mind would want to learn about (laughs) the Sociological Study of Children children. from you? Uh, mm, mm. So, Kim... She, she writes yeah. books now and has a son named Parker from another relationship. I have a picture of what Kim looks like now. Yeah. <clears throat> she's still beautiful, but she's a little rough. It's a little rough. <laughs> and I really hope that she's getting the help that she so obviously needs. I hope so, too. Um, in January 2020, the rapper released a surprise album titled Music to be Murdered by, <laughs> his 11th studio album. Love the title. It debuted at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart. With its release, he also became the first artist to have 10 consecutive albums debut at number one in the United States. 
Booyah. That's insane. Let's look at a picture of him now. God. The moment we've uh, all been waiting this for. This is the photo I got distracted by. <laughs> Y'all. Good. This man. Lart. This man. Fine as hell now. <laughs> Thank like, you for ditching the bleach shit. Yes. And, you know, getting clean. Because he, he looks is, he's so clean healthy. and sober now. His face is filled out. Mm. He's got a beard. Mm-hmm. He stopped bleaching his hair. He's even got some neck muscles. Look at uh, Oh, he's fine. Baby. Hi. Just leave the hoodie on. I, I'm here for it. Oh, Meganus. Okay. Okay. So, that's my story. Good <laughs> job. Thank you, friend. You did really good. I know that was a lot to, you know, like. That was so much information. We threw, but. um, It was great. I had to do it. It, it was definitely What more it. infamous baby mama drama? I don't think there is. I mean, I'm sure there's stuff that's comparable to it, but. Yeah. They, they, yeah, he, <laughs> I can't even talk. <laughs> yep. Did you just make that picture of your screensaver? <laughs> your wallpaper. Is that your wallpaper? I'm not going to put it as my wallpaper, but I will probably keep it saved. <laughs> It's in the drive if I ever need to go look at it. I really I mean, don't need to save it. We could have a slideshow screensaver of all of the um, eye candy we featured on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> Johnny Depp. my God. <laughs> That's who popped into my head, too. Because <laughs> we did have a lot of him. Who else did we do? Um, Klaus. Mm-hmm. Um, Klaus Michelson, he's on there. Yeah. I don't know what that man's real name is. I don't even care. I just, I just like Klaus. I just like Klaus. I'll call you Niklaus. I'll call you whatever you want me to. Um, who, uh, there's been so many. But there's those, been so that's many. David Beckham. Mm. <laughs> yes. I think that was with Johnny Depp. I think that was the same episode. That was a good episode. Yeah, it was. We should go back and look at that one. We'll study that later. Yeah. Alone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Mine's a little bit different. um, Because the way that I heard this case, I stuck to the format. Okay. So, um, trying something a little different here. I don't know if I'll stick to it because it was really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did a lot of writing on this one, like <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I felt like I was back in college or high school. I got a cramp. You're fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, but I'm going to tell you the story of Sheena Bora. Okay. I like the name. Yes. Um, and it's, I'm taking you back to India again. Okay. Man, I'm starting to realize that India might be a little bit fucked up. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I, I don't know if, if that's really the word for it, but man, yeah, they, they've got they some, have their issues, some stuff. <laughs> so here we go. Sheena Dasbora was born in 1987 in Shillong, Mahala. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying. Okay. I'm here. She for had it. a younger brother, Mikhail. And an older sister named Andrani. Sheena was a pretty quiet kid for the most part and kept to herself. She grew up in poverty in Guwahati with her younger brother and was raised by her grandparents. Her mother abandoned them when they were babies. She wanted to go live a life. She had the adventurous gypsy spirit, so she peaced out. They lived in a small house in an alley, but they were raised in a pretty decent home. They were well brought up. Mikhail was pretty quiet too. He unfortunately struggled with some mental issues. Um, I have photos of Sheena and Mikhail. Do you want to go look? Well, she's lovely. Isn't she gorgeous? Yeah. And um, the picture of Mikhail that I picked, 
This poor baby had so many unfortunate photos of him on the internet. So I'm trying to do him a solid, and I picked the best one. He's the gone. gym photo. It's the gym. It's selfie. the gym selfie. I know it looks douchebaggy, but he's had some weight differences through the years. Okay. So I felt like. As we all do. Right. So if, you know, if somebody was choosing a photo to post of me, I would hope that they would try to find something really cute. So that's what I did. If I ever go missing, I have some pre-approved photos for you to pass out. Gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) If nothing else, I would just go to your Facebook profiles because I know that those are definitely approved. Yes. Those are approved. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) so here's one part that's really weird to me okay sheena really loves school (laughs) and worked extremely hard in high school her favorites were math and science that's weird ew (laughs) she studied hard and got as many credits as she could in order to get into a good college good on you boo in July of 2006, with the financial help of Indrani, Sheena began attending St. Xavier's College in Mumbai. Good job, Queen. In- Indrani was married to a big famous businessman named Peter Mukherjee. She was married twice before, but they weren't good enough, so she got rid of them. Okay. <laughs> her and her gypsy spirit. Yeah, she, she yeah. She also sent Mikhail to a good school in South India and got him treatment for his mental health. Such a good big sissy. Mm-hmm. I have a picture of Indrani and Peter. Okay. He's a bit older than her. A little bit. She looks really pretty. Oh, she's beautiful, and I love her outfit. Mm-hmm. Like, get it, Quinn. They were real famous in social settings. Gotcha. I like that they coordinated their outfits, though. I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. I think it's cute. Sheena was an extremely dedicated student, if you haven't guessed already. The only time she got distracted from her studies was if she got a call from her overprotective sis. I mean, she was paying for all of it, mm-hmm. you know. But she would even call her, like, in the middle of class. And she would excuse herself from class and go running out and answer a phone call. And every time that she got a call, she would have to go home right away to Andrani's house. That's she, a pain in the ass. A little bit. And Sheena's friends thought that that was a little odd, and they did question it at first. But whenever they did, she got kind of weird, and she never really talked about any personal stuff. Okay. There's a reason for that. While living with Andrani and Peter, she met Rahul, Peter's son. Okay. She thought he was a hottie at first sight. Oh, my. As odd as it may seem, they eventually became a couple. So it would be her brother-in-law's son? She was his aunt. She would be considered his aunt. Okay, like a step-aunt. Yeah. That's weird. I don't like that. A little, yeah, it's it's a little, but let's go take a picture. Go look, take a look at the picture. I can't talk tonight. It's I quit. Okay, Rahul. I mean... <laughs> He's kind of pretty. He has nice hair. Mm-hmm. I do like his hair. He got good hair. So, um, like I said, odd as it is because she was his aunt, but in this case, opposites definitely attract. She's quiet. He's a partier, outgoing, and hmm. all that. They tried to fight it as long as they could. They really did, but... <laughs> They ended up kissing one night, oopsie, while watching a Bollywood movie. I love Bollywood. They they would actually hang out and watch Bollywood movies a lot together. But Indrani and Peter did not approve at all. And Indrani and Rahul actually started fighting a lot. And Sheena began distancing herself from her, her sister. Nevertheless, things continued to progress with Sheena and Rahul In 2011, Sheena graduated and got a job at Mumbai Metro One as an assistant manager. Okay. On October 26th of that year, he ended up proposing during a celebration of Diwali. 
It's the Festival of Lights. So everything is lit up. There's fireworks. It's all happy. Everything I know of Diwali comes from the office. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you know, it is not an Indian costume party. Just so you know. Well, shouldn't everything be a costume party, though? Yeah, it's not. I know. Poor Carol. Uh, Is a cheerleader? (laughs) Yeah, okay, not that kind of costume party. Yeah, definitely. I forgot about that. (laughs) Now that you say that, it clicked. Okay, okay. Yeah, don't 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 wear wear a cheerleading costume. No. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) So since they got engaged, Sheena wanted to kind of clear the air and make things right with her sister. Mm -hmm. So she sent her an apology email and Indrani accepted it. And she responded back to her. They were all tired of fighting. They they were just kind of over it. It's so exhausting. It is exhausting. Like, don't, that's why you're not supposed to hold a grudge. Like it's Mm -hmm. more exhausting to hold on to it. Just let it go. Yeah. Set it free. (laughs) Take that burden off of your shoulders. So, but after her response, Sheena responded back with something a little odd. She said things weren't great with Rahul and she wanted out. So, of course, Androni offered to help in any way she could. Come Tell on. Tell me how I can make this Right. <laughs> on April 24th, 2012, Sheena went to meet her for dinner. Rahul dropped her off at around 6 p.m. at a shopping center where Androni was waiting in a car for her. Let's take a look of Androni just because she's in the actual car. Okay. Like, that's what you would see. You opened up the door. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you ready to party? <laughs> she's cute, though. She is cute. Um, Rahul didn't think it was a good idea, but he supported her anyways. Um, Androni's driver opened up the car door for Sheena. She got in, and that was the last time he ever saw her. Bum, bum, bum. He received a text later that night from Sheena saying that she was staying over at her sister's. He called her the next day, but there was no answer. She responded with a text and said that she had met someone and wanted to break up. Okay. So naturally, he rushed over there, but the girls were already gone Suitcases in the trunk. Okay. That references something later. You'll see. When he wasn't allowed entry into the apartment building, he knew something was up. He went to the police and they told him and he told them that his stepmother was hiding his fiance and asked for them to come help. They came back with him to check everything out. But the security guard at the building said it that it was actually Rahul that was the crazy one and that everything was fine. They just went on a vacation. Mm-hmm. Leave them alone. The constables told him that she probably left on her own and he should go somewhere else for help. We don't have time for your shit, bro. <laughs> Pretty much. So he started blowing up both of the sister's phones and his father's with no avail. He went to another police station, but they ended up blowing him off as well. He finally got in touch with his father, Peter, and Peter said that he knew all about it and supported the breakup 100%. Okay. Sorry, Betty. He was actually able to file a missing persons report finally at another police station, but it just kind of sat there for years. They never did anything with it. I don't like it. So a few weeks later, his radar was still going off. There were still no answers. Peter phoned him one day out of the blue and informed him that he had received a call from Sheena. She's in the U.S. now, going to school, and just wanted to be left alone. The feck? Okay. Rahul didn't believe it. He never did, in fact. Androni and Peter said that he was just being obsessive, but in reality, he was devastated. He was in love. He was in love. That was his woman, his soulmate. Sheena kept in contact with her family and friends through email, but never once with Rahul. In March 2013, she sent an email to Peter telling him to watch out for Rahul because he's been trying to ruin him and Androni for years, and she knew all about what he had been planning. Four months had gone by, and Rahul was starting to finally accept it, or at least trying to. 
He ended up moving in with his mother and became pretty much a recluse. Oh, poor baby. Yeah. So they, you know, they were trying to... Sheena was trying to distance Rahul and Peter and Androni as much as possible because he was just snooping and wouldn't leave things alone. But, oh Lord, it gets better. It's getting better. By 2015, it seemed that things were calming down and going back to normal and everything was great. Nope. (laughs) That's kind of when shit hits the fan. Yikes. On August 21st, police made a traffic stop and happened to pull over Indrani's driver. It was for a minor traffic violation, but he had a pistol on him, and that's a no-no. Yep, can't do that. You can't have that. He didn't want to go to prison and instead offered up a confession on a story they definitely wanted to hear. Hmm. His confession would prompt the officers to go pull a missing persons report filed back in 2012. Okay. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Here's his confession. These are his confessions. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> back in April of 2012, when Sheena got dropped off at the shopping center... There was someone else in the car with Androni. As soon as she got in the car, Androni was like, bitch, let's celebrate. She gave Sheena a glass of champagne and wanted to go shopping and take her to buy a diamond ring and all this shit. But that wasn't the actual plan. Hmm. Sheena should not have drunk the champagne. Oh, no. There was something in it. But alas, she drank it and eventually passed out. Sheena didn't go on some weekend getaway or move to the U.S. or send any emails during those three years. She especially did not break things off with Rahul. Instead, Sheena died in the back seat of that car not even an hour after he dropped her off. Oh, no. After eight years of court proceedings, we now think we know the truth, but no one has been convicted yet. How? It's 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 still going. So let's buckle the fuck up. You ready? Okay. I'm Are ready. you ready for this shit? You ain't ready. You ain't ready. You ain't ready because I wasn't fucking I ready mean, when I heard it. I was like, I think I dropped my stuff at work. I was like, what? I thought I was ready, but now because of your manic outburst, I think maybe I'm I mean, not. if y'all don't react the same way I did, I'm going to be a little disappointed. So. Sheena was actually strangled to death by her own sister. But it wasn't her sister. Indrani was actually her mother. No. Yes. So Indrani got pregnant when she was 17. She got pregnant with Sheena and then a year and a half later with Mikhail. She did not want kids or any part of raising them and could not handle parenthood. She was the one that had the gypsy soul and wanted to get the fuck out. So she split. Sheena and Mikhail were raised by Androni's parents. Um, I mean, it was her grandparents, but it was Androni's parents. Oh, my gosh. After she married Peter, her parents saw a photo of the couple in the news and reached out for help. They were struggling to raise her children. Yeah. Um, she, She wanted to keep her... Secret family is secret. So she paid them. But kids get expensive after a while. Mm-hmm. So Indrani decided to move Sheena to Mumbai to live with her under one condition. That Sheena would tell everyone that they were sisters. She agreed to it. Okay. Um, You know, she wanted to go to a good college. She was trying to progress her life. Yeah. Do better, you know? Did what she needed to do. But after a while, it really started depressing Sheena, and she was having a really hard time with it, and that freaked out Androni because she was scared that that Sheena was going to talk. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, if Sheena and Rahul got married, she was afraid that they would get all of Peter's money. Oh, my gosh. Yep. So she decided to get rid of the problems. Get this shit. The same weekend that Sheena was killed, she tried to do the same to Mikhail. Why? Getting rid of both of her financial burdens. Oh, my gosh. 
Fortunately, he stopped drinking the champagne as soon as he felt funny. He hopped on a plane home, like, right away because all of a sudden he got sick. Mm-hmm. And we now know why. All the while, Sheena was in a suitcase in the garage. Oh, no. Because she had been killed the day before. That's not okay. Nope, not okay. <clears throat> so as soon as he left, pretty much, Indrani decided it was time to move the body. Mm-hmm. And Johnny didn't want to risk a random civilian check because they do that kind of thing over there. Mm-hmm. Especially like heading to the airport and stuff. Yeah. Um, so she came up with a plan to disguise Sheena. She did her hair and her makeup and she put her in the back seat and rode with her next to her on the way to the small village of Rygod. Um, it's in Mumbai. Oh my gosh. Uh, it was the home of a deserted forest. Known as Mumbai's dumping grounds. More dumping grounds. What the More fuck? dumping grounds. Yeah, it's really fucked up because in this dumping ground, like, bodies don't get reported because it happens so much that whenever the police find a body, they just bury it right there. Are you and kidding? Don't. They don't. So they don't deserve justice because they were dumped in the dumping ground? Right. So that's why everybody dumps in the dumping ground? Right. So it's a vicious circle and it's awful? Very. It's mm. all garbage. Oy. Her remains were actually found by an unofficial deputy May 23rd of 2015. No, thank you, please. Um, I have a photo. I chose not to do a photo of her actual remains. There is a photo of that. This is after her um, skeleton has been removed from the grave. But okay. she's under a bunch of mango trees. Well, at least that's <sighs> pleasant, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. See those rocks and stuff, like, right there by mm-hmm. the trees? Okay. 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 Uh, the mystery man in the car that I talked about mm-hmm. was actually Androni's first husband. Shut the fuck up. That was not Sheena's dad, by the way. That was okay. Androni's second husband. <laughs> I know. So the driver... The ex and Indrani all rode out to the forest together where they smashed her body with rocks and burned it and left her there. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is so fucked. It's very fucked, but I had to do it because I was just like, oh, my fuck. This is so fucked. The driver testified for immunity. Indrani's ex confessed but later recanted. He and Indrani have been charged with murder and they have done some prison time. But they're out currently. No. Um, Peter was arrested, but insists that he knew nothing about any of that shit. I would sure hope not, Peter. <laughs> Rahul does not believe that his father was involved. And Johnny claims that Sheena is alive and well and living in the U.S. Ma'am, it's over. <laughs> it's over. And Johnny of Peter have since been divorced. Bitch, they found her body. <laughs> she right there. She She's... She did. She, the fuck. Oh my god! So that's there's my awful. case. <laughs> Plot twist. Yes. Ooh, what a twist! <laughs> Definitely. That was insane. Did you like it though? I did. That you did a great job, and this is all fucked. It's all fucked. Yeah. Yeah. But I just couldn't not do it. Yeah. That. And fuck you, Indrani. <laughs> I think we might have, well, I'm not going to say our first female douchebox member, but she going in there for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's alive and well. She's in the U.S. Bitch, fuck you. Okay, so. What a twat waffle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just clicked back to the page with the pictures. Mm-hmm. Did I miss one? If you no, oh, okay. if you put glasses on Peter, he would be like an Indian Peter Griffin. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. I'm, we may have to um, put some glasses on him and see what comes. <laughs> Indian Peter Griffin. <laughs> Leave it. Oh Leave my it. God. Leave it. <laughs> 
speaking of leaving it, I have to tell y'all real quick. So last week when we were singing <laughs> Tim McGraw, y'all. Anywho. Okay, so last week when we were singing Tim McGraw, more precisely when Brittany was singing Tim McGraw, look. Shut up, Amanda. It didn't stop when we stopped recording. <laughs> We almost sang the whole entire song. It was stuck song. in my fucking head at that point. <laughs> we had to get it out. I just, I, I knew that we just had to. I had to let it go. Release it. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Couldn't hold it back anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Now we're singing Frozen. <laughs> Y'all, this shit okay. happens in my head all day long. Oh, I know. Lyrics just pop into my head. Lyrics make me lose, lose control. control. <laughs> See? See? Uh, it's a problem. It's really a problem. I don't think it's a problem. I think it's fantastic. It just enhances the day. <laughs> <laughs> like, Makes every topic better. Like, you know, trivia. <laughs> it's, it's trivia! Speaking of, it's trivia time. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed it is. Um, do you want me to go ahead and say the winners while you're opening up the book? If you like. Book. Oh, book. All right. Well, off of Facebook, Bonnie Cole. Woo! Ma'am. Bon Bon. Get it, girl. Bon Bon, you killing it with 12, baby. She She might be. She just might be. We have four episodes left. Mm, that's it. Four. Four. Yeah. And then it's break time. And then it's break time. Nice. Ooh, <laughs> this is a break whistle blowing. It's kind of sad. <laughs> but it's necessary. We got to get some more stuff together for y'all. So oh, yeah. just hold your horses. Anyways. So then we have another one that hasn't answered in a little bit. Northern Gothic True Crime. Y'all now have four. Thank you, Alicia and Hannah. Good job. Good job, ladies. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And the question was, what famed Ohio serial killer from the early 1900s may not even exist? And your answer is the Dayton Strangler. Yeah. The Dayton Strangler caused more terror within the Ohio City from 1900 to 1909, but now, or no, But many now question whether the murders attributed to the singular killer are even related at all. Huh. So there was an 11-year-old girl, a 20-year-old lady, um, a young couple, man and woman, a 15-year-old woman, 18-year-old woman. Skeptics point to some key details when doubting that the cases are tied together. For starters, the six murders occurred over a span of nine years. Ooh. While that expanse of time doesn't rule out a serial killer, it certainly isn't the norm, as most serial murderers are much more, well, prolific. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your answer. The Dayton Strangler may or may not be a thing. Okay. To so, be continued. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. All right. Let's do a new one. All right, I got it. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. Question is, what is the explanation given for the deaths of dozens of young men by those who don't believe in the smiley face killer theory? Wait, what? Read that again. Wait. I'm I'm finished. Okay, okay, okay. What is the explanation given for the deaths of dozens of young men by those who don't believe in the smiley face killer theory? Ooh. So if you don't believe the smiley face killer right. did it, what was the What's explanation? Your, what you got? What else you got, huh? So, uh, not what you got, what do the masses? Well, the, okay. Well, I was talking yeah. to the masses. Oh, okay. Masses. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Your time starts now. Right now. Like now, now. Okay. Ready, go. You know what else they need to get ready and go do? Rate and review. Rate and review. Right now. Like, share, do the things. Be supportive. If you can't be an athlete, (laughs) be an athletic supporter. (laughs) 
I already knew what she was about to say, but I was taking a drink and I, I, I was not willing to kinda, let you interrupt that swallow. I kind of started to interrupt your swallow. You kind of started, but it was too good for me not to <laughs> let it go down. You had to finish. I had to finish. <laughs> oh my God. Fuck. Okay, and I'm going to go. We're done here. Happy Cinco de Mayo, happy humping, and happy Mother's Day. Oh, yeah, all those things. All of those. All of those things. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout-out to Stephen Goetzky for editing, Craig Weaver for music, and our very own Amanda Hagens for art. We'll talk at you next week.